You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, I'm always interested in how people pick names or online handles for forums and such. I remember this back in the days I was on America Online. And people would pick names that sometimes had nothing whatever to do with their personality. But they chose it anyway. I used my real name. Originally, it was Gene S3 on AOL. I can say that now because eventually, although that name has disappeared into oblivion now, they gave me the name Gene because the original Gene quit the service. And I was working as a forum leader, and I got a call from the producer, and he said, the name is available, get it. And I did. So I've always been known as my real name. Except on one forum, I call myself Captain Marvel. And I understand the current Captain Marvel is a female character, but I was thinking of the original. Shazam, you know. Marvel. Marvel, yes. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. But they had this copyright stuff in the 50s, so that's why, after all that, they can call the character Shazam which is what Billy Batson says to become Captain Marvel. Don't ask me to explain the comic book stuff unless you're in it or not. We're talking about these forum things. And for example, one of our guests today is Mark Jackson. And he calls himself TDSR. And I said, you know, Mark, nothing personal. It sounds like one of Apple's suppliers to make chips or something. What does it really mean? Well, once you know what it means, then you'll look at it differently. So it stands for the deep space resident. And Gene, you are the deep space resident. Randall, you're a deep space resident. We are all hurling through space. And I use it as a way to break the ice in conversations uh, such as this, so that I remind folks that where we're really at in terms of our reality is somewhere much different than the notions that we you know, usually consider ourselves is where we're at in space and time. So the deep space resident, Gene, is you. So you don't subscribe to the possibility we are all in a matrix reality? Uh, no, that would be probably one of the farthest things that I would ever believe. Wouldn't it be nice, though, to be able to change your reality <laughs> and decide, you know what, this, this ain't cool. This no way, man. This reality is plenty strange enough, and there's enough going on to keep me occupied till my, my time here is done, man. So, no, I, I, I violently disagree. This place is awesome. Well, speaking of your awesome reality, would you care to tell us, you know, not to tell us where, what keeps you occupied in terms of earning your keep? Well, by training, uh, Gene, I'm a geologist. So I'm, I'm schooled in the arts of science. <laughs> so I come at this through that lens, but I, I do a lot of environmental work. So I'm an environmental geologist and, you know, we travel internationally, um, fairly cultured and um, seen lots of things, et cetera. But yeah, so I'm an environmental geologist. You must have enjoyed our show with Sharon Hill then. Randall, what was, I, I don't catch all the shows guys, but give me a quick summary. Well, Sharon A. Hill, she wrote Scientifical Americans, and uh, she is a professional geologist as well. We had a wonderful conversation with her about how people in general look at the paranormal, and if they're not scientists or they don't have any scientific training, they tend to 
use the buzzwords and co-opt the words and it, it gets a bit fuzzy. So she came on to try to help people understand that and do better, so to speak, when it comes to talking about the paranormal. Excellent. That's that's needed. I think in my private life, when I speak to folks about all things 14, that I keep that in mind that I am a geologist and people know that about me. I am scientifically trained. And so I've not only am I careful about how I approach these subjects, but I think it carries a little bit more weight than folks that, you know, don't have that kind of training. So I, I feel like I'm not necessarily saying it validates anything anymore, but it provides another perspective for folks that, you know, just simply don't come from that, you know, from that lane, et cetera. You know, I wanted to ask you, Mark, because of the field you're in, studying the environment, to some people in Washington, D.C., you are a member of the enemy class. <laughs> well, I trained under some of the best climate scientists in the world at North Dakota State University. And how they ended up at North Dakota State is far beyond uh, my comprehension. But anyway, they, um, they were literally two of the experts. I trained under them. And the, the short answer, Gene, is it's very complicated. Um, and that's about where I stand on the issue. <laughs> well, I kind of wish people would take it seriously more. But then, yeah. you know, the politics is just too screwy. Let me ask you something here. As a geologist, someone studies the environment, studies all those conditions, do you see anything in the appearance of UFOs that has a geological impact? Well, the, the line between geology and archaeology is, can be blurry sometimes. So some of the, you know, the dating procedures and things of that effect overlap the two sectors or the two disciplines, for example. Last week's show with the gal from New Zealand, you know, you guys were talking about earthquake lights, etc. And I do think that those effects are real and observed and reported, etc. And she did a very good job last week kind of breaking down a perspective on that. And I think you guys spoke to it as well. But in terms of UFOs and geology, the problem, Gene, is that the Earth erodes so rapidly, in geologic terms anyway, but even 10,000 years ago, et cetera, uh, when some of these um, figures talk about ancient aliens and, and whatnot, the unfortunate thing is, is that the world just erodes and changes too rapidly to preserve many of those things. And that's a fact. You know, you look at some of the Plains people and the, the first uh, first indigenous folks, et cetera. Much of their record has been completely erased from the world. Um, so if there was some sort of evidence or some residual artifacts from events and, and different things in the past, it's going to be very, very difficult, you know, for us to ever find those things. We get lucky in some cases. And there are things underwater, for example, that are well known. No, but the reality is, is that the, 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 earth, the earth changes rapidly. Okay, looking at that, the ancient astronaut theory. And I bring Love this it. up because Love we it. had Eric Von Daniken on the show. I don't know if you heard that episode. I did. He was on for an hour, and then David Halpern was quietly, the gentle religious scholar, quietly disassembling everything <laughs> he said, leaving Von Daniken to admit, well, it's just my idea. Remember him saying that? Yeah, you know, I do, but it's not just his. There's a whole industry behind ancient aliens today, as we know, right? Sure, sure. But the interesting thing here is, based on what you say, it would be extremely difficult to find that kind of evidence 
that we were visited 2,000 years ago? Well, I think finding evidence and then being able to connect the nodes you know, appropriately to, to create the, the, the picture is what's difficult. And that's the mystery of it. We find these one-offs and then people use speculation to connect those things, which is fine. And, you know, that's our condition. That's what we do. There's just not enough of it to make a succinct picture. You know, we, we just, unfortunately, all we get are these oddities that pop up every now and again. And I will say in terms of your guest choice, having a religious person in Von Donegan on the same show was an odd choice of guests. You probably did that on purpose, but I think that other folks, had they followed up Von Donegan, he probably would have came out of that a little better. The reason I did that is because David's a longtime UFO investigator. He studied the subject longer than I've known him, which is over 50 years. And because of that expertise, I thought pitting traditional science, traditional philosophy, getting a religious scholar, a guy who's a professor of religious studies, and having him deal with Von Daniken was actually the best way because he's the expert, at least in terms of what is written, the written word. And Von Daniken is just a former hotel keeper who got interested in something and somehow it made it work. We've got Mark Jackson, TDSR in the forums with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Offer now valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Do you need extra cash to buy gifts or just to pay all those extra bills during the holidays? Well, now you can get cash fast this holiday season with a personal loan for up to $5,000 right from your phone or PC at 79cash.com. How fast can you get your cash? Well, with 79cash.com, our lenders can have your cash at your bank account as soon as tomorrow, regardless of your credit history. Just have a checking account and a regular source of income go to 79cash.com and you can get the cash loan you need now so if you need cash fast this holiday season to buy gifts or pay all those extra bills go to 79cash.com and get the cash you need visit 79cash.com type www.79cash.com directly into the address bar that's 79cash.com 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 Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. 
Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I am 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, talking with Mark Jackson, one of our listeners. This is actually a listener roundtable, which means we're all just talking shop and talking about previous shows. And you were about to say something, Mark, I suspect, about this. But if E.T. landed, you know, in so-called biblical times, what kind of evidence could be left would, that would survive geological changes? Uh, you know, Gene, it would have to be very recent. Um, and I would say that what I mean by recent is the advent of uh, depictions, whether that's art, drawings, cave drawings, etchings, etc. Um, and there is some very compelling um, artifacts from antiquity that do show strange objects in the sky, of course. And our listeners probably have seen many of, of these um, these particular works of art. And of course, as we just mentioned, this in terms of the spoken word, the stuff in the that's captured in, in ancient books, such as the Bible, uh, etc. But again, they're just these disparate pieces, right? And, they, and it doesn't create a picture for us. Now, geologically speaking, there would be no basis for it beyond physical structures that they may have resided in. And I know that everybody loves to speculate about things like the pyramids and all that, which I'm not convinced there's a connection there. Um, I think it's just another one of those disparate pieces of evidence of, of something, of some history. Graham Hancock and, and his teams are doing really great work adjusting the, the human timeline. And I violently agree with Graham on his, his evaluation of the pyramids, the Sphinx, etc. And so uh, I guess the point is, is outside of work like Graham 
And outside of those oddities and residual artifacts, I don't think there's much for us to grab onto. And unfortunately, that's our condition as a society today. We're kind of just, as I open the show, we're kind of hurling through space. And I feel like as a society, we're just kind of hurling through time here. And um, I think we could be better oriented. I was going to ask, as a geologist, this is one of the questions that we asked uh, Sharon Hill. And uh, so your perspective would be uh, interesting to get as well, so that we could get kind of a comparison. So, Mark, being a geologist, what do you think of -of out-of-place artifacts, uparts? Well, there are some that are indeed strange. Um, You know, let me just pick the one off the top of my head, the rock hammer. Um, you know, I don't know the name by which that goes by and, and there are some gears and things that are found. And for me, I just believe that there were advanced civilizations, um, and, you know, cataclysm has set us back many times, you know, like I mentioned about Graham and his work, uh, by my guess, we probably go back at least 150,000 years in terms of, uh, modern humans. Um, there's not genetic or fossil um, evidence necessarily that we know of yet to back that up. But just seeing how our society and technology fluctuates and how out in the open and susceptible we are to cataclysm, it's a, it becomes a common sense thing for me. The human condition is we want to advance, we want to explore and all those sort of things. And I don't think that's novel to us now. I think that's that's what has allowed us to evolve. You know, I don't even know about evolution, but it. That has allowed us to be here today. It's that's what creates our continuity. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that some of those artifacts may very well represent these civilized these bygone civilizations. Some of them, however, on a geologic level, there are sedimentary environments and there are oddities in micro environments and micro ecologies that can create sedimentary rocks much faster than other sort of more normal conditions. Um, and so there, you know, there's, there's geochemistry that plays a big role in that. So if you get the right times, you know, the kinds of minerals and environments together, you can get precipitation of rock around objects that would, you know, lead you to believe that they were much older than they were. So the, the, um, there, there are references or analogs, excuse me, for environments that can create some of those oddities. Let me ask you this question then. Say our civilization went to you know where in the next hundred years <laughs> and a new race of humans arrives on Earth or, you know, based on the descendants of those who survived. And goes to look for the past, evidence of the past. How long would it take for most evidence of our existence to be almost undetectable? Well, we're making material science today is quite advanced. You know, we're talking about um, plastics. I mean, just look at plastics, right? So, you know, we, uh, our modern society, may be using different alchemy, so to speak, to create our everyday objects than past civilizations who may use different means and methods equally as advanced. So we have this hydrocarbon based society, which generates things like plastics, which we know persist for very long. So I would think that it would be considering how much plastic is out in the world today, right? Just using that one material 
um, you know, short of a volcanic event where these things would be raised to temperatures, these materials would be raised to temperatures where they would, you know, disseminate and, and um, go back to their elemental form. There's a strong case that evidence for us will be around for a very long time. I would say somewhere in the neighborhood, well, at least over 500 years. So a thousand years or 2000 years. Hmm. Yeah. Thousand years, 2000 years. And, and there are, um, you know, there are major geologic events, both astro astronomical, right? I mean, there's things that hit the planet and there's also super volcanoes and see, you know, you never know in these big events how, how much devastation they're really going to have. Um, we have a sense of it, but I don't think we've ever experienced anything on the scale by which these massive events would actually wipe out most of the trace evidence of a civilization. I think there's a show about that. It's called Life After People, some, something along those lines. And it, Randall, I've seen it. It's intriguing, is it not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember uh, when I was in university, we were talking about different kinds of materials and the types of materials that people have used throughout the ages. You know, you start out with the Stone Age and you work your way up through the Bronze Age and so on. And the point she made is that, you know, someday in the far distant future, someone would probably be able to dig up a McDonald's sign because they're made out of stainless steel and plastic. And find these locations strewn about the globe and and think that maybe you know we had some strange uh affinity for worshiping cows and that these were our are where people went to to place homage to the the great cow god ah the great cow god yes that explains cattle mutilations it's the search for the great cow god i don't know why i'm saying that but We've got a lot more to go. And this has turned out to be an interesting discussion, kind of different than I kind of expected because Mark Jackson, our guest, is a geologist. And that opens up so many interesting possibilities in terms of exploring not just the mysteries of our age, but what might have happened in the past. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. 
Filings were released in cases involving former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen and former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort that were related to the special counsel's probe into possible coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia. More from USA's Rick Vincent. President Trump discussed the investigation with reporters on the South Lawn before leaving for the Army-Navy football game in Philly. Very one-sided situation, but I think it's all turning around very nicely. But as far as the uh, report that we see, according to everybody I've spoken to, I have not read it. Uh, There's absolutely no collusion, which is very important. President Trump also announced that his chief of staff, John Kelly, will be leaving. John Kelly will be leaving toward the end of the year, at the end of the year. And I appreciate his service very much. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 8625. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, what I think about this is as you're talking about how evidence of civilizations might survive, I think of the old legends of Atlantis. The Shaver legends, of course. I remember Lemuria, which I can't even say. Never. That's one of the words. You know, everybody has a word they can't say. And I think of those legends of a civilization that existed thousands of years ago. That for whatever reason, whatever worldwide cataclysm, disappeared. Instead of ancient astronauts, maybe if we do find something or anything, it was us or our predecessors. 
Well, there's you talk about the one subject outside of uh, extraterrestrials that has a lot of the most speculation around it. You know, look, let's go back to um, you know before Roman Greek times. You know, this is a this was a mystery to them even. <laughs> so, I don't think we're gaining any new insights today because we're only getting further away from if it is in fact a, a fact. We're just simply getting further and further away from it. Um, any evidence, of course, will be crumbling daily. Um, if it did remain, et cetera. So I think our chances of validating that uh, get slimmer. I listened to Daniel Litz, the dark journalist. Um, he has an X-series podcast, and he has some pretty, what appears to be succinct evidence for folks, uh, very high-profile people that um, are, that, you know, continue to look into uh, these legends of Atlantis, et cetera. But for me, that's firmly in the entertainment category. Unless, you know, I'm more hands-on and, and someone can point to something measurable to me for that particular subject. Yeah, we've got the myth of Atlantis, which is different than what some of the archaeologists have discovered. Because some of the archaeologists, they've called some of their discoveries actually over in the Mediterranean. They feel that they've actually discovered what was ancient Atlantis, but it's in a completely different place than beyond the Straits of Gibraltar, so to speak. It's not out in the Atlantic anywhere. It's yeah. within the Mediterranean still. Yeah. Yeah. And to think that, um, you know, they say it collapsed into the ocean, you're not going to get lateral collapse. I mean, you will to some extent, especially if you're in an environment where the city's on a shelf and a shelf collapses, a subterranean shelf, you'll get some sort of lateral migration of, a, of an archaeological site. But to sort of rectify all these various locations where folks think they're at, I think they found some pyramid-like structures a couple thousand feet deep off the coast of Portugal, for example. You know, it, it, there's too many unidentified places that people can associate this legend to. And so I, I agree with you, Randall. It's just um, <laughs> the, 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 these locations don't match up to the legends, which makes me a little skeptical. Now, that being said, people talk in different ways they reference things in different ways uh, measurements names of cities cities get renamed all the time based off of you know cities in antiquity so there's there could be some confusion in the literature and i don't deny that but i just don't think there's a case for any of these folks yet uh until they pull up a stone that says atlantis on it this is atlantis and then i think i would probably get on board <laughs> well, not to mention their, you know, allegedly fantastic technology that they had compared to the rest of the world. You would think you would find something that would set them apart from the rest of the ancient world as well. Not merely just pottery and more stone buildings and things of yeah. that match that that timeline. What about stuff like the Baltic Sea anomaly? Randall, give me a quick summary so I make um, sure I'm speaking oh, okay. to it correctly. Right. In uh, 2011, there was some Swedish divers that were out exploring the Baltic Sea, and they came across this underwater uh, structure mm. that reminded people of the Millennium Falcon. Right, I'm familiar. Okay, yeah. now I'm familiar. Yeah, so geoforms, uh, morphology more specifically, is very strange for that rock. There's no question that the footage, because I believe they dove to it, Randall, did they not? Yeah, they went down yeah. there, and it seemed like it was a little murky, and but uh, yeah, the artist's renditions are perhaps a little bit better. Yeah, and so, you know, the, when I look at the morphology of that particular site, um, it is odd. There aren't things that, look, because of the vast amount of time that the Earth has been around, 
you can come across geologic oddities that you would normally look at them and say, this does not abide by the rules or the physics or the geomorphology of this particular type of rock, et cetera. But because there's so many days in history that the environment or an incident or something can create oddities on its own. I don't deny that. But there are a few sites when I look at them, um, there's one over by China as well, where these look like megalithic carved structures. And they're on a scale that you cannot be explained, at least in our modern terms. So for me, that's kind of in the um, wait and see category because put a lot of scrutiny to it. There's still part of me that says there's a there there. There's something else going on. There's another one uh, off the coast of California. Uh, one of our recent guests, Preston Dennett, mentioned that one. It's uh, because there are people who feel there's perhaps a base out off the coast there somewhere because there have been so many sightings off the coast of California. And then someone found, I think it was on Google Maps, what looks like some sort of an underwater entranceway to a tunnel system almost as if it has is supported by columns and that sort of thing. Do you know the one I'm referring to? Yeah, I do. And I, I listen to Denton. I really like Denton's show, you guys, by the way. He, he uh, He's very enthusiastic. And just to be totally upfront with uh, you guys in the audience, I am a, a firm ETH guy. And, and we can get into that a little bit later. But back to off the coast there. So when I look at that, it looks geologic to me. It looks, I mean, we're on a very aggressive fault zone over there where the earth can do weird things just based on the what we call the parent material or the type of rock whether that's granite sandstones all these different things so i'm not i don't see anything artificial at that site and, I, and i've seen the imagery and i've seen the computer models of that um, now however i'm a very big advocate for the underwater ufo type of sightings so that you know if we're going to talk about that subject that to me makes a hell of a lot a lot more sense than you know some of the other terrestrial sightings i mean look if you're coming here and again i'm an eth guy and you have a craft that can fly through space and through the atmosphere it's going to be able to go underwater quite easily and if that's the best way to conceal yourself anyway so that's the point and then some of the testimony of the sailors and other folks that see these craft they're in daylight and they see many, it's, it's very different for me than the phenomena of seeing lights in the sky. A lot of the, you know, marine based sightings uh, are in the day and they have some very sober people looking at them and it's not, it doesn't have that veil of nighttime and dull lights to it. And so for me, that is, a, that's, that's an area that very much intrigues me and I, you know, I will continue to look into for that fact. Well, it seems to be a logical place to go. If ET comes here and they want to stay here and monitor us, we have less ability to monitor what's going on in the oceans than elsewhere. So that's a good place. It's where I'd go, Gene. <laughs> yeah, it seems to make sense because uh, unless you're in the Navy or you're part of some research vessel or larger seagoing vessel, and, and not just part of that, but part of the crew that has access to sonar and so on, you're just not going to detect that kind of thing. Uh, you know, unless you're in a passenger ship and you happen to be looking out and see some lights in the water that just take off up into the sky. Yeah, and, and for me, the sonar or the radar, um, 
evidence for objects moving at extreme speeds underwater. We have a lot of references for that. Makes more sense than the um, the airborne or the atmospheric phenomena for me because the physics underwater are much more constrained than that in the air. And so when we have things moving at very high rates of speed under the water, that's that's very hard. I mean, look, either the equipment is faulty or there's something, in fact, very strange going on there. We're covering waterborne UFOs or USOs, depending on your point of view. One of our listeners, Mark Jackson, is holding court. And being a geologist, he has some really, really important levels of expertise to offer. With Gene, Randall, and Mark, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go. With water filtration systems of every size for every budget, now GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older, but it doesn't have to be. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. He does that well, you know? Yes, you do. That's almost radio uh, quality. You should. You've got a good voice on the radio. You should uh, get yourself. into well, it some guys. more yeah thanks guys i appreciate it no i was i was excited to come on today and um and uh, meet you guys informally here yeah it's good i'm from north dakota and i you know i sort of research uh north dakota specific paranormal events i was born and raised here and you know the old saying of you, you dance with the one who brought you right so i'm starting here i currently reside in in texas however and and um i have started some research down in texas as well who also has a very rich you know ufo sort of uh history let's call it but north dakota is special in the sense that and i'm jumping right into ufos here and we were kind of off topic but you know north and i'll give a plug for north dakota what's unique about the sightings up here of course are the uh, minutemen missiles and you know the encounters that are seen up here and that are logged and cataloged by the military you know these are very significant in fact th- there was the book about uh, ufos and nukes and i forget who wrote that book randall gene we give a plug for the book yeah it's one of these things where you look and you think oh i know that book i know that book and yeah. then i have a way of figuring it out and the way i Hastings? used to figure it out it's yeah, Robert Hastings. That's Robert the Hastings, right. See, what yeah. I do is I look at the promo he did. Oh, we got a promo for the show from Robert Hastings, and therefore he's the one who wrote it. And for some reason, he hasn't come back on the show. I think he got ditched in the forums. You know how that is, where some people mm-hmm. get beside themselves, and some people take it personally, and we understand that. Anyway, you were saying, uh, Mark, what were you going to say about him? Well, uh, just I find, you know, as is is just looking at the the field in general, that some of the most credible cases come out of North Dakota. 
and that's you know there's uh, the David Schindel experience. This is in 1966, where ten nuclear uh, individual nuclear facilities and essentially missiles were disarmed, and there were many uh, military police that saw the object hovering over it. There are even cases where the lids of these nuclear facilities were removed. What I find interesting about the cases, and this is at the Minot Air Force Base, is the incident that I'm talking about today and or in the moment. And I'm from Minot. I was raised there. And growing up, I had lots of friends who were in the military um, because the town was very small. It's very northern North Dakota by the Canadian border, essentially. And um, so uh, uh, there was a very strong subculture about UFOs when I was growing up, when through my youth that was perpetuated through almost family stories um, about them. So that's what kind of got me thinking about this more critically. Um, There are other cases, um, I think in 1948, to go back a little earlier, uh, there was a case where an Air National Guard pilot got into a chase with a UFO over Fargo, North Dakota. That was very well documented. That was registered on a number of different radar systems. So there was the secondary or supporting evidence for that particular case besides um, just having the eyewitness account, and I'm struggling for that guy's. I think his last name was Gorman. So you know, those are just two cases from North Dakota that um, are are extremely credible. And what makes them credible is there was a lot of documentation from these Minutemen or these guys that ran these missile silos, where they're being briefed from very high up not to say anything. So in terms of um, the silencing. There's a very well-documented trail for a couple of, you know, this, this case in 1966 in Minot, for example, that made the front page paper of the Minot newspaper. So it wasn't, it wasn't uh, locally, on the local level, it wasn't dismissed. In fact, quite the opposite, it was embraced. After that, these same Minutemen were, you know, have come out, they're, they're much older in age today, and they've come out and they've said, look, we were briefed on many occasions by the authority figures of the day or whatever, that we were strictly not to talk about this. And you can understand that in the, in the light of the Cold War. But anyway, those are a couple of cases that are interesting, and I just think they're extremely credible. Then again, you know, maybe they were instructed not to talk about it because it is just a high security subject matter. It may not be because there was actually any alien intervention going on. What do you think of, for example, if you follow the skeptical side of that and this is one of the things i do is whenever someone makes a claim i immediately type into the search engines you know whatever it is debunked and i look at the other side just to make sure i'm not caught off guard by some other facts that are being conveniently ignored and when they looked into what caused those systems to go out it was a burnt out circuit board that they found and they identified the specific part and the part itself there's even a picture of it was integrated in such a manner that it would have have the effect of causing pretty much the main systems to go down because of its dependent sort of and a number of systems yeah. are dependent on that one part so it's, it's you know things fail things stop working and then you go okay well what about the sighting uh, above ground at the same time and then you find out that it well it's, it's really hearsay from one person who allegedly overheard somebody else say well you know so and so said that and you try to trace it back and the whole thing starts to get really weak all of a sudden yeah that's true except for the testimony 
Um, you know, Linda Moltenhow and her database at Earth Files, she she cataloged a lot of video testimony from these guys, you know, and I watch it. And just like the rest of us, we're always searching for some hint at whether or not someone's telling the truth or, you know, and trying to decipher all of this. And I can only add up what I, you know, I consider to be very genuine testimony. And um, yeah, things fail and circuit boards, it's convenient. I like it. I mean, it's, it's a great way to say that nothing ever happened. But for me, I link the, the personal testimony with the chronology. And there's personal testimony, there's actual events, there's things like circuit boards, you know. Um, so, so essentially what I'm saying, guys, is I put a lot more stock in witness testimony um, than, uh, than probably other people, essentially. Well, I think we have to. I think that human beings are the evidence. I think that human beings are given far too little credit by the skeptics because our ability to perceive intelligently and to discern what we're seeing is still unprecedented by any machine. So if we're going to say, well, humans are really poor observers and poor witnesses, well, tell me. What's better? Yeah, you know, AI. Um, AI cannot make the amount of computational um, effort that our brains can. In fact, it's so far off. You know, there's this whole notion that AI is so advanced and, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, but the human brain, as we know from survival of the fittest, we dominate this planet. We're flawed. But I agree with you completely, Randall. The, the human interpretive machine um, not much gets by us because we're, we've, you know, we've been put under environmental stress long enough and we've won the game to date outside of cataclysm. So no, I mean, I think about my own faculty, my deductive reasoning, et cetera. Uh, I understand people have mental illness and their mistakes can be made, et cetera. But when I see some of the witness testimony and, and watch some of the, the actual interviews themselves, facial gestures, some of the cueing for when people are supposedly telling lies and things that affect. Um, I don't see that. I see genuine people that are smart. They don't seem unstable and, you know, they can pull one over on you and people have good days and bad days. But for me, in my camp, um, I, I put a lot of stock into um, uh, other folks' testimony because I put a lot of stock in my own ability to testify on things. I think you bring up a really interesting point about AI. It's developing very rapidly. And, you know, when you say, you know, we've, we've won the game, I guess it depends on what game you're playing, because now AI can win pretty much at just about any game there is. So I was kind of interested in, after watching a video recently, actually one that was recommended by uh, Richard Dolan. Um, I wonder if we were to give AI this problem and say, are aliens real? Are, do aliens visit our world? I mean, can we get to, are we getting to the point where we can ask Siri or Alexa, is alien visitation real? And have their AI figure it out? Just set about figuring it out. You know, they already have. And the answer came back, yes. Um, so in terms of uh, statistical analysis and probability um, science, and NASA has even come back and said, our calculations, in other words, AI, advanced computing, all indicators are coming back to us that the universe is in fact teeming with life. 
We've got more to come with Mark, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Of course, the big argument in the UFO field is, okay, the universe is teeming with life. We see evidence of possible life-bearing worlds. What, as close as Proxima Centauri, a few light years away? and. With all that, the question is, have they traveled here, or have they been here already? And they're just dropping in to check it out. Do you think maybe that's a possibility, Mark, that E.T. has been here all these years? They never went anywhere. Gene, for me, I struggle with um, something that's even more 14, (laughs) and that is that is it possible that some of this phenomena, and I mean advanced technologies, um, are just simply very small, small remnant um, societies of previous civilizations. Uh, and, you know, even hearing myself say that, it sounds very weird, but as a geologist and understanding the true timeline of the Earth going back, what, you know, billions of years, billions of years, this is so abstract. That is so much time. That's, that's eternity is what that is. And so, you know, th- that tugs on me quite a bit when I consider some of these subject matters is, you know, it, 
there are tribes and rainforests that like to stay away from us. In fact, they'll shoot you or eat you if you show up, right? Uh, they don't want anything to do with our modern society. So I see analogs even in our own time that would suggest, you know, those folks that that strum the string hard for these sort of um, hidden civilizations, the breakaway civilizations, et cetera. I can't discount that fully, me as an individual, because uh, the world is very large. It's been here for a very long time. Yeah, of course, we once got an email from somebody early in the days of the Paracast, and we know all about this, saying, of course, the Earth is 6,000 years old. (laughs) Again, the anti-science brigade. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to, if I, you know, you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say it at all kind of thing. And they, everybody's entitled to their opinion. So uh, for me, I just don't even go there. Well, this is also part and parcel of the craziness of this world. But getting back to the UFO field, we're talking about physical yes. phenomena here. We're talking about geology. We're talking about science. And we know all that. On the other hand, if E.T., is 500, 1,000, 2,000 years ahead of us, or has been here for 2,000 years, and thus as many thousands of years ahead of us, would we, as a practical matter, recognize the products of their technology? Well, and Randall, I'll look to I know you're an ETA, you know, you're a physical ETA, nuts and bolts kind of guy also, even though you've indicated you're open to other sorts of, um, you know, ideas there, which I myself, but through that lens of the ETH, I think that there's limits to this world. Now, we're in terms of the physics, the way we interact with the world. Now, granted, there's um, subatomic fields and there's CERN. And I'm very concerned about CERN, by the way, as a scientist. Um, So we do have a window into another set of physics that we don't completely understand. However, I think it's, it's an error that people try to associate a potential ETH phenomena with that sort of um, subatomic uh, science. Um, it is possible because all things are possible. However, I think that if there are, that is, if there is actually other life on planets and they have civilizations and children, et cetera, even those advanced societies, you can only get so far. It's like the bell curve. You know, you will run into your, you're going to discover something that you're going to put all of your stock in. And it kind of puts the blinders on you. And so what you do as a society is you move down that road rapidly because it's providing you with things, resources, et cetera. So, you know, I think that because of that, there are, there's going to be limits that you run into technologically. So if a civilization is 5,000 years old or 500,000 years old, I don't, I don't think that the one that's 500,000 years old is going to be cosmic you know, time traveling, interdimensional beings. Uh, That's just my perspective on it. I think that the world is a physical world. We deal with molecules and molecules behave in certain ways. They make materials, materials faced with stresses, et cetera. They run into their limits. Unless there are stars out there making material so exotic that we haven't been able to measure them, which we measure a lot of material coming out of stars, that I just don't think the material science backs that up. Right. Well, I mean, basically we're star stuff the entire earth is that's right uh, right. so you'd think that if there was anything out there to be discovered that we didn't know about that it would be really difficult i mean that's almost impossible we can guess that there are other elements out there and we can manufacture some of them but those are very short-lived and when we get talking about 
the macroscopic and the microscopic and the subatomic, and you, you get people talking about the effect of the quantum world mm. on reality, then we start moving into what I've caught lots of flack for on the forum for calling quantum woo. So uh, I think you might have been alluding to that when you started talking about the quantum world and CERN and you you really can't translate it out into this new age thinking. Quantum physics is quantum physics. It's not a new age movement. (laughs) Yes, but you know, I wanted to drop this in here as a devil's advocate position. And that is in every era, the scientists believe, you know, we pretty much know all that's going on out there and what we have to perfect and what we have to do better. And then things happen that make that a lie. So sure, right here in 2018, we're making statements about what we think we've discovered, guessing what an advanced civilization thousands of years ahead of us might know. But there's no way to predict that. No, certainly not. And um you know, you were talking about quantum woo, Randall, and yeah, I'm not a particle physicist, so I'm, I speculate here a great deal. Like anybody else, my geology background doesn't make, doesn't, I have no zero understanding just to be upfront about the, the quantum physics part of it. But I agree with you in the sense that quantum physics is just quantum physics. You know, um, the, wor- the universe rewards or has been rewarding a, a very nuts and bolts approach to its interaction with it. And that would be us. So. Does that play a role, a part, you know, in, in making exotic technologies and there's things like quarks and we could go down the road. In fact, you guys have had guests that have you know, suggested, I forget the gentleman's name. He's got a, he's got an odd voice, but it was a great show. He, he's a lecturer and about how he, you know, there's this void that quantum physics allows them to bridge these very long distances, et cetera. Um, I like it. I like what he, the guy was talking about. And if you can think of his name, you can mention it again. But, um, you know, for me, I don't see the reward in physics for that. Um, I see a nuts and bolts reward for interacting with the universe. Right. I, I uh, do recall that show, but right now the, the name of the guest is escaping me too. But he was talking about uh, if you just changed the physics just a little tiny bit using some sort of advanced theoretical knowledge you could go into a another sort of dimension that would actually cause the distance between the different objects in space to become very very close so the travel time would be very short and i, I just found a whole bunch of problems with that personally but yeah i think he would think it was something that was referred to as the bulk yes yeah. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember saying, well, you know, that's a sort of a science fiction thing. It's, it reminds me a lot of uh, uh, trans warp, I believe. I'm, I mentioned that, that. It's like Star Trek. And here, okay, I'm guilty. Star Trek, trans warp conduit uh, or wormhole technology, that type of thing. But he, like he was saying, it's no, it's not a wormhole. And that's why I was saying, well, trans warp is a little bit different. It goes into something like subspace and subspace is kind of a sci-fi idea that is very similar to that whole bulk idea he was talking about. Well, transwarp drive, supposedly, according to Star Trek, is a much faster way of traveling. They made a deal of it, I believe, in Star Trek III, The Wrath of Khan. 
and they defeat the spaceship by Scotty pulling out some of the control chips or whatever. I don't know how we started on this. Mark Jackson, TDSR and the Paracast forums. Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken. It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com. Use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Offer now valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Do you need extra cash to buy gifts or just to pay all those extra bills during the holidays? Well, now you can get cash fast this holiday season with a personal loan for up to $5,000 right from your phone or PC at 79cash.com. How fast can you get your cash? Well, with 79cash.com, our lenders can have your cash at your bank account as soon as tomorrow, regardless of your credit history. Just have a checking account and a regular source of income go to 79cash.com and you can get the cash loan you need now so if you need cash fast this holiday season to buy gifts or pay all those extra bills go to 79cash.com and get the cash you need visit 79cash.com type www.79cash.com directly into the address bar that's 79cash.com 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 Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Find 
now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So also in sci-fi, we have these energy beings. The Q continuum, where they have total control over matter. And they can manipulate it any way they want. They can change their appearance. They can move things. They can destroy things. We assume that's just fantasy or what? Well, you know, we're talking about material science here. And we're doing some cool things with material science. The, the whole idea of anti-gravitics, uh, for example, that, um, that intrigues me a great deal. I have a background in electromagnetic field uh, generation. Um, I've been involved in some very exotic technologies down that road. Um, so there are sciences that still have a lot more exploring. Or if you're a conspiracy theorist, there have been a lot of uh, sciences or technologies that have been suppressed. Um, I've seen uh, I've seen things that are close, and so um, I think that the anti-gravitics. Um, through magnetic fields, et cetera, interactions, et cetera, might be the closest thing to an explanation that's plausible because that is a nuts and bolts phenomenon. I've worked with it myself. So um, getting things to move around, uh, you know, manipulating matter, et cetera, that I don't know so much that I would get behind. But in terms of manipulating electromagnetics, now that is an actual science with a great deal of work done in that field. And so as I mentioned earlier, societies and civilizations will put the blinders on when a technology is serving them well, and they will continue to try to um, exploit that capability more for the benefit of them. I think that the electromagnetics is a, is a direction that we as scientists need to go down very aggressively because there is a lot of evidence for energy, um, and, and that energy gene, I think, would become the closest thing to being able to manipulate matter. Free energy? Nothing's free. (laughs) Well, certainly the energy interests would really, really not want to have something that would put them out of business. You know, we grudgingly accept electric cars because the technology is still pretty awkward, because battery technology is still barely up to the task. But someday it won't be. In fact, was it Volkswagen said the other day, by 2026, I don't know if I'll be around them, by 2026, they will not build internal combustion engines anymore. Mm. Well, I saw saw an ad or a a news article about the world's largest cargo shipping company setting a mandate for them where they were going to get out of uh, hydrocarbon um, generated. you know, for the, the large ships that transport all the goods across the oceans, of course, by 2050. 
they want to get away from combustible engines themselves by 2050. So that's a big deal. I'm not sure if it's possible, but at least, you know, we're setting targets out there and we're making a series of gates that we need to go through to get there. And that's a good thing. Uh, that guest that we were trying to recall, that was Robert Schroeder. Back oh, yeah. In, yeah. Robert. March 11th. Uh, that was an interesting discussion. Uh, I listened to it twice, Randall, actually. <laughs> on internal combustion engines, though, uh, I don't know, Gene, I, I think that we're going to be seeing them around for a long time. We'll probably see a transition. And one of the things that they just can't make as efficient or at least as powerful and efficient at this time is something that will fly airplanes well. So a, you know, a jet engine is just far too powerful uh, to just give up on. To, we can't make anything else as good right now that to fly an airplane the size of a jumbo jet. Maybe so, but for automobiles, possibly for trucks, Tesla wants to build one of these trailer trucks. So vehicles like that, very likely. Certainly diesel engines are becoming more and more passe, except for big trucks. But then we have to think, if, if ET can travel here from another star system, whether they came yesterday in 1947, 1897, or 2,000 years ago, whatever it was, if ET comes here, what propulsion system would they be using? And then again, We've had scientists for recent years looking at the possibility of, of a warp drive, but the energy requirements were like planet size. But I think they've gotten to a point where it's much less now. And so thanks, Star Trek, for envisioning that. But if they had a warp drive, it would mean that ET could get here in days rather than years. Right. Uh, well, one of our other forum people who has gotten into that subject uh thomas morrison him and i debate that one and and <laughs> uh i really think that the whole space warping concept is nothing but pure mathematics and i don't believe that space itself actually has any curvature whatsoever and there's a number of logical reasons to be able to point that out uh so what we're dealing with 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 curved space is an analogy it's a model it's not something that i think can actually move a craft through space like it's if it's on a wave or something like that yeah. it just doesn't seem to work you know for me you guys because i am such a nuts and bolts guy on this topic i, I want to look i want to find an analog for something that makes sense along this this lines of being propelled through space and for me even as a young child being fascinated with science um putting magnets together and the fact that they repel each other, that's as close to magic as we have on this planet. And yet we know it's just a material science issue. And we know that the electromagnetic fields, they repel each other. So for me, when I start thinking about travel through space, I have to look at that analog because that exists for real. I can touch it. I can you know, crawl around it, so to speak. So if you can create a magnetic field around a craft, and then you can match that field with the field being given off by other materials in space, you know, other physical objects, and the fact that there is no resistance in space um, in, in terms of inertia, et cetera. There's a very strong case to be made for that modality. And we tend to get a lot of EM disturbances around UFO sightings. So I'm not sure how they work. We don't know how they work. That's the bottom line. But it seems to have something to do 
I, in my opinion, the answer has something to do with things like superconductivity and uh, electromagnetic storage systems and torus-shaped, you know, high-energy type storage systems that are able to provide the kind of power or phenomena that's required to make these things work the way they do. We still haven't got there yet, but Suzanne Hansen, our last guest, the way she was talking, she made it sound like, well, they're not all that far ahead of us at the rate we're going when we were talking about AI in the next, perhaps in the next decade or two, we might just have that figured out. Let me just say this before Mark picks it up on the next segment. I was obviously not terribly pleased with Suzanne Hansen and where we're getting into the woo-woo aspect of talking with the Space Brothers and she kind of repeating the philosophy that she says has been conveyed to her. And I don't say her experiences didn't happen, but that might even be something we should talk about because we're so focused on physical, we should look at that other side. Mark, Gene, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. The 119th Army-Navy game was held in Philadelphia this year. Here's Westwood One Sports' John Sadak with the call. A big win for Army. The Black Knights take down Navy 17-10. Army with its third straight win. And the Black Knights will face Houston in the Armed Forces Bowl on December 22nd. President Trump was at the game. Before he left Washington for Philly, he announced the exit of his chief of staff. John Kelly will be leaving toward the end of the year, at the end of the year, and I appreciate his service very much. Kelly met with the president on Friday night to work out the terms of their split. Word of Kelly's departure comes a day after the president named his picks for attorney general and ambassador to the United Nations. You're listening to USA Radio News. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. 
Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's Mike's best offer ever. My pillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So finish up what you want to say, Randall and Mark, and then let's go into abductions and such. Right. We were just talking before the break about how the aliens may not be all that far ahead of us. When you're looking at the progress rate of human advancement, it's a logarithmic scale. It's Within a very few short years, we're going to far more than double or triple what we know now. It's almost hard to imagine what humans ourselves will be able to create, let alone, say, aliens like you were saying, Gene, off a thousand years in the future. And But yet, Mark, I still really like the point that you brought up that at some point there's got to be sort of a ceiling on all of this. If there were some civilization here that started the alien movement and what they were, they had just advanced beyond us, wouldn't there be a lot more evidence out there in the archaeology for a civilization? They would have to evolve, you would think, and go through all the same things, steps as we do, unless they just accidentally discovered how to build anti-gravity ships uh, 10 million years ago. Yeah, so uh, I'm. I, I tend to agree with the last guest, the the gal. And Gina, I will say you were very diplomatic with her. Uh, there was a great, you know, it was a great uh, way to recover from her being sort of confrontational with you guys. But to be honest with you, I sort of agree with her. If there is, if in fact there are really, you know, uh, other beings, sentient beings visiting us, I believe there is that ceiling, Randall. And I don't think they have to be that far out in front of us because of that ceiling. Um, I also believe because if the interest for coming to earth would be specifically because we mirror them in some way meaning we provide some sort of insight or meaning to another beings other beings these other beings would need to be interested in us for the fact that we are sim- so similar to them that they can make practical deductions about us that apply to them 
providing insights both with our technology and our biology. I don't see any other reason for extraterrestrials, let's call them, to, to come here and want to observe or, or interact with us. Because of that, they're so like us that I feel like their technology is going to be also very similar. That raises, of course, the interesting conundrum about the Star Wars universe and the Star Trek universe, where you don't see much evidence of scientists advancing things all that much. I mean, they do, but it's always the exception. It's not a day-to-day thing. In Star Wars, they may build a new planet-sized weapon, a Death Star, but they're using existing technology. Nobody ever advances in those universes. Like I said, in Star Trek, they do sometimes. But that's interesting why they take that approach. Well, I think for me, I look at, um, and I'm a big fan of Joseph Campbell. And of course, we know if we're going to talk about things like Star Wars, etc., I think that's exactly right, Gene, that they're going to be using the same technology, but we're going to advance in other ways than the material science piece. Um, I think the propulsion in space is one of our our remaining greatest achievements. And then after that, I, I don't I think we just go back to being normal people after that. You know, there's all this hype build up. Great. We're going to travel through space and then it's going to kind of be this junky universe where everybody's flying around in it. So. When I look at um, the great creators and story makers of our time, I think there is a sense of prophecy in them, not because they're getting spoken to from another dimension, because some part of their subconscious looks down the long barrel of the human experience and history, and there's an end state there where they say, okay, I can get myself there mentally because it's actually doable. So when I look at this, you know, this whole phenomenon of ETH, I would say that this sort of Star Wars type of universe is more probable for our future than any sort of interdimensional travel and all that other stuff. Which means, of course, if there was a spaceship that crashed at Roswell, we could reverse engineer that craft. I completely agree with you. I think that we are smart enough to reverse engineer things. I'm not saying there won't be mysteries, um, but yeah, if if in fact, you know, the government collected a craft that had crashed, um, that that would propel us forward. There's no question. Well, at least today we could. I'm, I'm not sure back in 1947, it would have been a lot more of a challenge. But if they managed to keep enough of it intact to continue to study it up until the present day, then there's not much that we can't figure out now because we can literally see things right down to below the atomic scale. Yeah. And we can actually move around individual atoms. You don't get any smaller in terms of the building blocks of the universe than that. So we have to, Gene, you know, what, what's, what's implied by that then is that they either used up all of the materials and d- d- don't have anything else left to analyze that can advance us, or that what they had in the crash, if there was such a thing, was damaged too badly. To, to be able to analyze and make sense of, or that they actually do now have this technology or at least on, are on the brink of making it a reality. What do you think? I'll put my opinion, which is I do not necessarily believe that a spaceship crashed at Roswell. The concern I have is the concern that Kevin Randall voiced in Roswell in the 21st century. That something happened there. We really don't know quite what it was. Could be a test aircraft still. 
But when you start looking at the testimony about bodies and other things, they don't hold up as well. And that's why we have a problem with Roswell. Not that a spaceship didn't crash there, but it's less proven than it used to be. Well, earlier in our discussion, we were talking about how you know much time passes between civilizations, let alone events. I mean, look, this is 1940, what, six? So, you know, we've, you know these only decades have passed, and it's so blurry to us still today. So I, I think it sort of reinforces this idea that we're never going to get a clear picture uh, on this until we find something stunning, frankly, and today we haven't. Um, you know, the contactee stuff, Jean, you were talking about your last guest and the way that she went into, you know, the sort of uh, communication, et cetera. You know, that, that's, that's just a whole nother uh, aspect of this. It's very hard to rectify because, you know, uh, Randall, we were talking earlier about, you know, how much stock we put in people's, um, uh, you know, witness testimony and the ability to observe and deduct and compute as humans. And you get into like your last guest, Gene, and it just kind of blows the lid off of off of some of the way that I have framed this. Um, now, before you know, you said when we we're going to come back from the break, we were going to talk about some contactee stuff. You guys, for me, living here in North Dakota, I go out and do my own research. And so what I did, and I'm just going to bring up a case here, and we can maybe I can bridge these here, and hopefully I do a good job. But the Tappan, North Dakota case with Evan Breeze. Are you guys familiar with this case? No, tell us about it. You're doing a great job. So, yeah, I believe it was 2006. Um, Evan, young man at the time, I think he was only 15 or 16 year old out in rural North Dakota. um, Just a rancher, good old boys. Um, He had seen uh, a UFO uh, off in the field and it was a triangle shape. And, you know, lights, et cetera. You can read the account. Again, Linda uh, on Earth Files, she did a great job of documenting this, this particular case. So Evan goes out there with his dog one night because he sees some lights. And they go over there and there's a craft there. And, you know, it, it, it takes off. And it's a number of weeks later, um, late at night, and he hears the pig corral. There's pigs stirring out at the ranch there. So he goes outside. I think it was something like midnight. And he just happened to grab a revolver because a 16-year-old out in the rural North Dakota, it could be about anything out there. So he's going to check on his pigs. So he goes out there, and when he gets outside, he sees uh, three beings, um, you know, not very overly tall, but they're lifting up one of their pigs out of the pig corral. And they have very, like, hooks for hands. And so they're manhandling this pig, apparently. So he takes his, his, um, his, his, I think it was a 22 revolver, and he shoots one of them. Now, this gets very, very odd. And, I, I, and the truth of it is, you guys, I went out and investigated this case myself. Let's break here. Sure. Oh, boy. Time for a cliffhanger, a famous Paracast cliffhanger with Mark, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Do you feel like many of us all the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day well Janess has a dietary supplement called mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function go to gcnlife.com now to check it out you're only at your best when your mind is at its best go to gcnlife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637 that's gcnlife.com or 844-443-6637 
Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All right. You got us into a fascinating case that you've looked into, Mark. Proceed, please. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's important to go out and do your own research, by the way. Um, everybody out there, you don't have to be a professional. You can be a novice. You just turn down the road and you go talk to folks about this stuff. And if you're really curious and you want your own answers, you got to go ask the questions yourself. So Evan goes outside. What's really strange about this, Gina Randall, is when he shoots one of these entities, the one hurls over, makes some sort of sound, but apparently the other two bow to him and in some sense saying, hey, don't hurt us. We're not here to hurt you. Very, very strange for some reason. Okay, so apparently at this point, there's a fourth entity that pulls him down from behind him, and he blacks out or something to that effect. And then when he gets up um, later, these the pig is gone, the entities are gone, and there's some damage to the pig corral. Yeah, so this is a very strange case. So I wanted to go up there, and I wanted to, to talk to him myself. I'm here in North Dakota and work on and off. So I drive up the road, and I go to the ranch up there. And Evan's dad, Tori, is there, and he agreed to have a cup of coffee. So him and I sat down for you know, over an hour, and we, we got very in detail about this particular case. Now, before the break, I was about to mention that Evan went under hypnotic regression and gave details about this, you know, at, a, at the young age of 15 and not being an artist. He sketched these beings out as, as well as he could. There was a lot of strange things that went on with this case, and I've agreed not to share a lot of the details with the, the Breeze family just out of privacy. But what I can tell you that's, that's very odd is that this was not just the beings, and there wasn't a, just the UFO sighting. This ranch has high strangeness to, the, to the, an extraordinary degree that went on for many, many, many years. In fact, the Breeze family has not experiencing on the ranch in a very long time, apparently. But there was a peak at, at, at this point, including sightings by the neighbors, et cetera. But anyway, I, I told uh, Tori, Evan's dad, that if Bob Bigelow ever found out about his ranch, that he would be wise to put his property up for sale. That's how weird the kind of stuff was going on out there. So in the end, you know, we have this incident, we have the sighting, we have this testimony of multiple people out there. And in the end, the gentleman just told me, Mark, you know, if you ask me what's going on around here, this whole place is just a big portal of some kind is the way he described it. So it's been hard for me to rectify that story with my nuts and bolts approach because it, there's the high strangeness aspect of that particular case does not correlate strongly to the nuts and bolts experience. However, this young man saw these beings, shot one of them, you know, they, find, they have the cartridge, uh, et cetera. And um, if anybody is looking for a very good case to look into to try to connect some of these these different events that case is very 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 intriguing and, and again here here in north dakota well thanks for that that's that is really interesting and it's good to hear that you know some of our audience and listeners are more than just armchair uh ufologists they actually go out and, and do a little digging that's pretty cool yeah i i kind of uh, become an opportunity owner of all things, you know, strange here in North Dakota. I mean, you guys, we have, um, not only we talked about the UFOs and nukes aspect, you know, and then we're talking about the breeze case where we have uh, abductee, not abductee, excuse me, uh, encounters uh, with them, et cetera. But there's just some strange other things going on up here. Uh, for example, if anybody wants to look up something kind of, kind of neat, you can look up Nixon's pyramid. 
This is a, you know, a Cold War era, very aggressive and very large uh, radar system that they use to potentially track, you know, missiles and things kind of on our defense. You know, we have a, a big Viking history, pre-Columbus era history here in North Dakota, where the Vikings came down here from Canada, obviously through the navigable waters of the Hudson. We have what we believe to be one of the oldest earth pyramids down here in the Cheyenne River bottom that goes back probably to the time of the Vikings. So if you're looking for a, a, an odd place to do some research and find some cool stories, North Dakota's got plenty of it for you. Of course, then, you know, if these are ancient beings that come from Earth, we'd be expecting to find something a lot more advanced than, you know, dirt pyramids kind of thing or wooden boats or, you know, that there have there would have to be something extraordinary. So it really doesn't seem like they come from here, from our world. And yet you've got this cases that have the features about them that are almost defy like you say the nuts and bolts explanation you you exp- expressed at the beginning of the show that you're sort of not a fan of the alternate universe hypothesis and that's completely different than the spiritual dimension or something like a fifth or sixth spatial dimension that exists within our own universe which personally i don't think is possible but alternate universes do seem to be possible. And people have been taking that pretty seriously in the scientific and philosophical realm. It was back in, I think, uh, 2016. They had the 17th annual Asimov debate. It sold out in three minutes. And this was hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. They had some top-notch speakers on it. And they were debating about the possibility of our universe being some sort of uh, giant simulation. This makes a lot of sense in a number of ways, and it opens up the possibility of these kind of portal-type areas that you were talking about. So maybe in that perspective, you know, what do you think of that? Well, the subatomic level, as we discussed before, there's so much distance between molecules. And of course, that's electromagnetic um, phenomena, that the way that these things interact with electrons, neutrons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so when we look at it through that way, and, and they do statistical analysis on this, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is a big proponent of this, and he says there's a possibility for you know other dimensions. Um, I'm not saying that's not possible. Now, can you bridge between them? That would be something truly profound um, if we ever get to that point. So I support the notion that there could be multiple universes because there's this universe and. Who am I to put a limit on it that there aren't other ones or, or complementary, mutually reinforcing type of, of physics there? You know, I, I just I can't go there, Randall, because I, I just don't see enough evidence on the Earth. Now, look, CERN might do great things and blow up our planet, right? Who knows? <laughs> but they are getting closer. And some of the, the subatomic sciences are statistically validating that, yes, we could live in parallel universes. And I'm, I'm not against that notion traveling between them, that's a bit of a stretch for me at the moment. Why would that be? I don't see the analog for it. You know, I'm a big, I, I always look for analogs. Like I told you guys with the, the ability of magnets to produce force, that's something you can, you can, you know, you can feel it and we can build a science around that phenomena. 
Um, and maybe we just haven't got there yet, Randall. I'm not saying we haven't or that we won't. I'm just saying for me currently, I just don't see enough of the, you know, I just don't see enough that would make me want to chase that or go down that road. How about uh, in terms of computing where we're looking, and this is a perfect analogy, where we're looking at virtual worlds being created by computers and all that's really needed in order to replicate all of this is a powerful enough computer. And at the rate that computing is advancing in our world, we're already doing things like computational cosmology, where we're predicting the the movement and collisions of galaxies and planets and projecting it out onto a screen to say what will happen, say, with our own galaxy in Andromeda. So uh, if you think, okay, well, if you've got a system that's able to create an entire universe like this one, what's impossible about creating another one like this one and simply being able to transfer data back and forth between the two cut and paste well in terms so ai and what we're talking about is simulated reality um the two different things at least in my mind so simulated reality is the ability to model to geospatially model our world and then be able to create a script or programs then that uh, adhere to our physics or not our physics things more fantasy sort of video game generated where we can we are very very good at that and we're advancing very rapidly into geospatial modeling and or augmented reality uh complementary you know there's a variety of different disciplines now in, in that particular sector so yes i think we're going to get extremely extremely good at immersive technology experiences scary good if there was a dimension that the human could actually go into, you're, you're hitting it on the head. That would be a quote unquote dimension that not only are we headed for, we're putting a lot of effort into. And for a lot of sad people out there, a place that they might actually want to go and live in. I, I tell you different. what, I, I'm raising my hand, by the way, folks. We got more to come with Mark Jean and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. 
Hey everyone, ProactiveMD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. ProactiveMD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece ProactiveMD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to ProActive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Another dimension. Earth 46. Earth 61. Earth 120. Of course, then we get the theories here, Mark, and I want to get back to the contact stuff and the messages. The theory that if we have another Earth, there's another Mark, another Gene, another Randall, like a Superman wearing his black uniform instead of, you know what I mean. Yeah. For me, you guys, the idea of another Earth would just be a chronological phenomenon. So a million years ago, the Earth was here, thriving. There's a civilization, they're technologically advanced. There's a, an event that wipes them off the planet. Consciousness gets set back, um, our tools get set back, our reality gets set back essentially, and we arise again, you know, we rebuild, et cetera. Those are separate Earths, those are separate realities. In fact, considering how much, you know, how, where the position the Earth is actually in the Milky Way, let alone the universe, we're, we are in a different reality chronologically through time. Not only is the experience in the earth different, um, but where we're at in space and the fields and the way that, you know, we're hurling through all these different forces in the universe. The earth could be a very different place across time. The experience of being alive on earth could be a very different place across time. And I think some of the great science fiction writers have tapped into that very idea or what I consider to be more of a probable actual reality. Um, So, Gina, just to pick up on the concept of different earths, that's how I would explain it. Well, I think you've got that fairly well figured out there. That's reasonably logical to call another time period essentially another reality, which would essentially mean it's another universe. I mean, you can't really call a future in this universe the same universe at all without it, because it would have to branch off and create its own entirely independent reality. So even if there was another gene or randall or mark they would they would be essentially they'd have to be copies they wouldn't be our original selves who is to determine what the original is and what the clone is or the copy yeah i'm with you gene i I think that they're unique experiences and you know we will never have enough time in this particular show to talk about the mysteries of consciousness but there's a there's a uh, consciousness is the deep mystery, right? And you know, when I contemplate consciousness, 
that's where you're going to find different dimensions. That's where you're going to find different realities, et cetera. To go back to the contactee thing, the different dimensions that these folks, you know, experience a contact or interaction with different beings inside of the consciousness, these things are very possible. Now to get back, how do I rectify that with the nuts and bolts thing? Again, I think that these are two different types of realities. There's a reality that can take place in your conscious. And I also believe there's a reality where there are other sentient beings in, you know, in our universe, so to speak. So in that way, I'm very flexible with having different realities, different dimensions, and that, that sort of thing, because consciousness is on its own is a whole different mystery. Right. People really get mixed up when they start using a lot of these words. And I, I think they tend to just uh, mix them up so to speak, um, conflate them and assume that they mean the same thing and can be translated from one type of discussion to another one, when really it, it doesn't work that way or it can't work that way. I agree with you completely, Randall. But uh, what you're talking about there, I, I mean, you're describing it in your own words pretty well. We have a subjective reality, the reality that we experience as human beings, as conscious entities ourselves and then we have the objective reality the world that's out there beyond us that if say we disappear ourselves that would remain there there's some debate amongst philosophers as to whether or not that objective reality would remain there if we were to disappear those are the subjective idealists who believe that all reality is simply a construct of the mind i'm not of that particular group I believe that there is a separate universe out there that we evolved from that was here long before humans were here. How about you? Yeah, so to unpack that, um, I'm a big believer that I think that the Earth is actually conscious, and we are just a mirror of that. You know, I think there was a guest, I'm not sure if it was a guest in this program, but they they picture they they made this they you know kind of a, in the mind's eye a mental experiment. They said if you took a very large tweezers the size of a you know very very large size of a, a skyscraper and you know and you plucked a tree out of the earth, it's the same thing as plucking a hair off your chin. And that made me pause and think for a minute. You know, um, so anyway, for me, there's a mystery yet for me to try to think more meaningfully about. And that would be the idea that consciousness is a function of this planet and that we are just an extension of that. We're getting into concepts of reality here and maybe a collective yeah. unconscious. And then we get into the theory voiced by Greg Bishop and others about co-creation, that when we see a UFO or anything like that, we are participating in what we see. And therefore, that's why UFOs take on this cultural resemblance. They're always a little bit ahead of us, but not that far. Because we're, even if there's an objective experience, we're coloring it. You can't remove the subject, subjective nature of the, the interpretation of the one with the experience. I, 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 I agree with that. It's, it's a hard thing to rectify. You know, for example, when um, you know, I was sitting down with uh, the gentleman there in Tappan, Hey, you couldn't find a more honest salt of the earth guy ever. And he had his own experiences, et cetera. Um, so yes, these people that have these experiences, it's clear to me that some, they experience something. I, I, the whole idea that people make things up, 
I think it's just such a small fraction or percentage of this, you guys, that I think that these are people are having these very real experiences. What the, what does that mean? I, I, I haven't looked it far enough into it to have a, a good answer there yet. That's for sure. Well, sure. People are having real experiences, but like I was saying to our last guest, Suzanne Hansen, it's how we interpret those experiences. And, uh, you know, I, I may be in trouble with the aliens because I'm pretty sure that uh, on the after the Paracast episode, uh, I said something to the effect that uh, some of the messages that they're getting across to us through these contactee uh, claims is uh, makes them sound like they're kind of full of crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. And I enjoyed that part of it. Um, the messages. I think people are projecting what they need. They're subconscious. I believe very deeply in the subconscious as well. Um, and so I think people are projecting a lot of what they wrestle with subconsciously onto these experiences. Um, now, how, wh- where does the nut and bolts thing fit into that? Um, it can be so odd or shocking that those things emerge in people. And I think you guys have talked at this at length on the program about how the mind struggles to make a coherent story out of these experiences. Um, I don't know how I, how I would react if faced with a craft hovering in front of me, let alone, um, you know, beings that were wanting to talk to me, et cetera. Um, could I hold my, could I hold my mind together? You know, would I, would I be so freaked out? Gene, you were talking about whether or not we would recognize their technology. I'm not even so sure that we're built biologically to handle, or actually, it's, it's not biologically, it's more sociologically um, and psychologically. That could we, so, some people are more fragile and they can't handle that kind of truth. Seeing something right there in front of you, you can't rectify it. You have no reference for it. You have no analog for it, et cetera. This could be, I, I could see where that would be quite unnerving. And that's where the subconscious, the consciousness sort of interaction may stray it from the truth. And meaning, if you were videotaping it, you know, when you're videotaping an interaction, that's a reality. You're looking at it, et cetera. But what that person is thinking in their mind is something you can't record. Right. So, you know, I, you know, I don't I don't think that's a great explanation or nor do I think I'm addressing your question very well. Randall, but that's what comes to mind when you say that. OK, we got more to come on this very subject. The reality of what we're seeing, but then we get back to the messages that are coming from ET. ET's here to help us rather than to harm us and all that stuff that Suzanne Hansen is only, you know, one of the more recent people to repeat. Our guest is Mark Jackson with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know their good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockItPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So let's get back into that there in terms, first of all, the reality of what we see. The problem here is that we can't get, we never seem to be able to get the video recording. And everybody's got video recorder in their pocket now. All the recent iPhones and recent top-end Samsungs and the Google Pixels all are capable of 4K videos. And we never get the 4K video. 
you know, showing this even a close-up sighting, we never see it. When a person is abducted, something weird always happens to prevent actually getting a picture of that event. Never happens. Yeah, when I think about that problem in the UFO field, um, I wonder what, you know, I know there's statistics from MUFON, and you guys have talked about this on the show before, but, you know, didn't we have kind of a bell curve over the last few decades and now sightings have dropped off dramatically in terms of reporting uh, or people not reporting as much? You know, what is your guys' position on this idea that that there was a wave and and part of the lack of evidence with modern phones is because there just simply isn't those events like there once was. That would mean that a large number of sightings can be explained, a larger number. Because if you look at the figures that, say, Chris Rutkowski acquires in Canada, it's been a fairly consistent number of UFO cases within a okay. given range over the years. But if whatever cause it has left us, that would mean that 100% of the new cases are conventionally explained. That's right. I think you make a really great point there, Gene, because, I mean, here, here we had Susan Hansen, who says that she actually was on board these craft, lecturing to a number of people in an audience. Now, she's got videos of her lectures here on Earth. You know, does nobody who goes aboard one of these craft take their phone and take a few snapshots? Or would you not think to at least take a picture of your audience? Even if you don't have a phone, you know, I mentioned, well, how about a business card? You know, just exchange phone numbers, write it on the palm of your hand. And, yeah. and, and her reaction was one, I believe she said, well, the aliens aren't that stupid. They would never let us have that kind of information. That could confirm their reality. And to me, I'm, well, why not? They want to impart all this information to us, and yet we're not supposed to know that it's real. So what does that From the nuts and bolts perspective, that suggests, um, and I think, Randall, you alluded to this on one of the programs, that our society is fundamentally incompatible with their mission, if you want to call it that, on a nuts and bolts level that maybe we're too violent, something to that effect. Maybe they're here for resources. You know, there's all these great explanations, well, not explanations, speculation about why they wouldn't want to be more known or discovered, right? I think you mentioned last week why they wouldn't land on the the White House lawn, right? And uh, I think that the way we interact uh, with our ecology, our ecosystems, our other animals on this planet there's a strong case for non-interference, observing things in their natural state, et cetera. So that begs the question, what makes them so special? What, what is it about their agenda that they would pick out these selective people to have these experiences and then say, oh, by the way, you know, we, we can't give you anything to share. We're just going to you're just going to be an, an apostle for us and go out and spread the good word. Right. So as a nuts and bolts guy, that's where the schism in me begins is, you know, I think that if there's an explanation for this, I have, it's clear to me, at least for me, how this could, you know, what the explanation would be. That stuff uh, is very, very hard for me to wrap my brain around. And, and I struggle with it. Well, someone like a Jerome Clark will say that the experience of abductions is totally different. It is not a physical encounter with spaceships. It is something else that right now manifests itself that way. 
but maybe in other eras would manifest itself differently. But if you go that far, you might as well take the entire UFO mystery with it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think Clark, he had, there was, I was trying to get across on the forum and even with Clark on that show that it's not really logically coherent to say that you can have some sort of experience out there that's in between the subjective and the objective, because like you said, Mark, you cannot have an experience of anything, including some sort of paranormal experience, no matter how weird it is, without it being part of your subjective experience. It can't exist out there in between the two all by itself somehow, like he was trying to explain. It's just not possible. If you're going to experience it, it is by its very nature part of your subjective reality. Yeah, you guys, remind us um, again what Preston's take was on that. He's a pretty staunch nuts and bolts guy. He takes it really far. He's he's very enthusiastic, and he's been doing it a long time, it sounds like. But for some reason, some of what he said is tugging at me in the moment. Do you guys recall what his position was on that? Grassroots is what he called it. He says that's right, grassroots. He was saying, well, you know, their agenda isn't one to take the – the mainstream approach and get on television. I think I maybe asked the question, well, if they want to get this through to us, why don't they just broadcast it from some position in space that everyone could verify isn't coming from any place around here that we know of or one of our satellites or planets and that it's a genuine space-based broadcast from some alien civilization. That, of course, is just like they did in Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Yeah. If you remember, people of Earth, attention, people. And they also did it with Michael Shannon, who played General Zod in Man of Steel. They picked up mm-hmm. the same thing, the same kind of thing where they communicated in different languages across right, the planet. And so, I, I mean, wouldn't that really solve their problem if they want to get a message through? I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me. They've got the technology, but... Preston's view is, well, they really want to start some sort of a a groundswell, a grassroots movement with the general population as opposed to uh, just an all-in-one shotgun approach. And I'm not really sure why. Well, I can come up with one very good reason. Uh, Human beings like to shoot things they don't understand. It's kind of hard to shoot them if they're like (laughs) three million miles out in space. Well, right. In terms of the message. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, in, in terms of why they would want to do grassroots, for example. Um, let's, let's entertain that for a moment. Yeah, we're a very violent species. We're very, very violent. And we don't think of ourselves as, as very violent. But, you know, if you, if you really take a step back and look at us, we are uh, extremely aggressive. We use the word violent. We're very unstable. Um, I think that we're categorically in that observation sort of uh, uh, category if there's a spectrum of sentient beings yeah i mean there's a very strong case for taking a step back observing participating maybe um you know from the nuts and bolts perspective maybe there's some resources here that would explain an in and out you know get in get out sort of mentality that goes along with who we are as a species but i'm a firm believer that we are so much more violent than um than we, we are aware of and, and that could explain a lot through the nuts and bolts sort of you know, spectrum. We're going to have more nuts and bolts or whatever it is in our next segment with Mark, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You may need this herbal tea for relief right away, so write this down, drmillersclinic.com. If you take meds, then suffer stomach distress, constipation, indigestion, acid reflux, and bloating, and nothing else helps, get Dr. Miller's Holy Tea or Super Holy Tea, a cleansing, detoxifying herbal tea, now available at great rates direct from Dr. Miller's office. Call or click 888-660-7039 or drmillersclinic.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Another shakeup at the White House. Chief of Staff John Kelly will be leaving his position in a few weeks. John will be leaving at the end of the year. President Trump confirmed earlier reports that he will be leaving. I don't know if I can say retiring, but he's a great guy. For months, the relationship between the president and his chief of staff has been strained, with Kelly's authority dwindling. Mr. Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, taking over some of the responsibilities. The vice president's chief of staff, Nick Ayers, is expected to replace Kelly. The president has also tweeted his pick for chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff. Four-star Army General Mark Miley, who is currently the Army Chief of Staff. He still has to go before the Senate to get confirmation. You're listening to USA Radio News. I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. But a lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible. But since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am 76 and I've had a belly for way too long. My whole body is shrinking. My energy level has gone up. And the only thing difference is under 400. It's great stuff. I tried other products and nothing happened. Guys, if you'd like to lose stubborn belly fat, gain energy, and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. andro400.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your 
commercial. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so one reason that ET may be more cautious about revealing itself is because we're such a warlike species. But that's what they're warning us about. In the movie Day the Earth Stood Still, Klaatu comes and meets scientists from around the world because they get along together and says, you either take the philosophy of peace, you follow the path of peace, or we'll, we'll just destroy you. Because that's one way of doing it. But on the other hand, I still don't understand all the Space Brothers stuff. Because it's not a groundswell. It's not grassroots. It's a bunch of kooky people that most people do not believe. All these kooky people, they think they're talking to Space Brothers. Well, for me, the big, I need an analog sort of perspective. Look, if I'm going to entertain an explanation for some of the uh, very different behavior between these experiencers. I mean, Gene, I think you mentioned last week that you had an uncle or something that believed that all ET experiences or, or paranormal experiences were demons. And he's looking at it through this lens where, you know, there's a religious aspect to it, et cetera. That's one subjective point. The other thing is, if these are nuts and bolts beings, they're sentient beings, they're going to have personalities like we do. And the way they interact with us would I would think, if I would use us as an analog, would vary greatly across us, their, another species, for example. You know, some people drive sports cars, other people drive bugs, but there's this, basically the same technology, right? They have their own personalities, they would have their own agendas. You know, that, that's one way to explain this variation. And maybe there are a bunch of space hippies out there. Well, the, the scary thought there is that then there's also space military and generals and warmongers as well. So, yeah, it's, it's hence the mystery and hence this conversation, right? That means, therefore, that we are being abducted by space hippies. That the space brothers are space hippies. That's it. Know. You know, they have the extraterrestrial equivalent of marijuana. And they smoke it or ingest it, whatever they do, in Alpha Centauri or whatever. And they yes. simply are having a great old time. Let's just... You know, show those dumb earthlings. The thing is here, of course, is that E.T. is so ineffectual. They've been sending out this message from the early days. George Adamski received a message not from someone in the desert, but another message years, a few years earlier and wrote a book about it. People have been getting messages like this, assuming a fair number of them are sincere, reporting something happening. It still doesn't make any sense to simply go around and grab up people decade after decade, and still they're not believed. It sounds to me like E.T. consists of a bunch of rank idiots. It's a JV team. Hey, man, just because they have the sports car doesn't mean that they earned it through their intellect, right? What do you guys think of this idea? 
you know how Mark, you were saying we were talking about consciousness earlier, and that it's a really deep mystery. It's one that we certainly haven't figured out yet, and we've been trying for thousands of years. What if they don't know either? What if they're just purely intelligent beings, and the way that they're made doesn't actually cause them to have the kind of experiences that we relate to as consciousness? And all of these things that they're doing are trying to figure out what it is that we mean when we talk about the experience of consciousness. You're hitting it on the head for me, Randall. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, hypothetically, an AI doesn't have to possess consciousness. It can be highly intelligent, more intelligent than anyone on Earth and build spacecraft and go out and search the universe it may even want to learn things somehow it may be that's just part of how it operates and then it comes across us and we have this extra thing this other thing that's in addition to all of the other stuff it's encountered that it can't quite get a grip on because it doesn't know how so it isolates us often into these individuals so that it can study how we behave socially in a way to try and get a grip on it. If you see what I'm saying, it kind of makes sense from that point of view. If you were a being that doesn't have consciousness, how would you go about studying another species that does in order to determine what it is? Yes. I mean, again, I, I'm just totally in a total agreement. We're, for me, now we're talking about probably more like what this is if in fact that this is all real you know I, I, exactly what you're hitting on uh one small variation in a gene can make you know the different whatever we're like mostly monkeys or something supposedly right but we, we're we just as much trees as we are the animal apparently yeah 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 it's great we all came from a, a single bug a, you know archaea um, organisms and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're hitting exactly right for me anyway. And, and that is that there's a biological variation that could affect consciousness where we're just simply incompatible consciously, but we're so biologically compatible that there's enough infatuation there where, you know, that there's interest and there's a, a reason for engagement. But the fact that we may not ever understand each other um, is a very real possibility, right? Well, there's, I guess it depends on you know, what you're talking about in terms of understanding. There's understanding yeah. things about the world in an objective kind of a way. You know, the sun exists, the earth exists, materials exist. They can be assembled and put together in ways that can make all sorts of things in the world. We're very good at creating things from materials, and you can analyze an entire culture, an entire world that way from the evidence of what it makes and how it exists in an objective sense. But when you get to this idea of consciousness and the experience of it all, then things tend to get a little bit murky. Because even we don't really know how to explain that. So suppose they're just pure intelligence of some kind. Maybe the the EBEs, the biological entities that we see, maybe they're some, I mean, other people have s- suggested this, maybe they're a creation of this intelligence to try and bridge the gap. 
And they're not actually the real ETs themselves. They're just some sort of a production or a facsimile that is designed to interact with us in a way that we understand. Well, that explains a lot of the um, encounters with things like greys. That explains a lot of the uh, experiences of medical testing and, and that very cold biological approach to it. I mean, I can get behind that. Um, you know, if in fact this is going on, that's something that me that resonates. Gene's awfully quiet there. Well, you know, look at it this way. I still think that with ET coming down here and giving us messages, none of that makes a lot of sense at all. It's completely nonsensical. It's completely ridiculous. And whatever we are, if they can get here, they've got to be more powerful. If they really right. want to be, of course, we have no evidence they do want to be. In fact, but there are theories that what they're really doing is creating a race of hybrids or like a Manchurian candidate and doing a silent takeover. So therefore, one day we wake up and ET is in charge. Right now, we don't know what's in charge. We don't want to get into politics. But we wake up one day, ET is in charge. No shots were fired. Everybody came to believe this illusion that we've they can help us rather than harm us to get our planet into shape to stop making the tools of war to stop the tribal wars but it never happens it only gets worse so of course et is ineffectual they're incompetent they're feckless yet they still keep doing the same ridiculous thing like and they're also insane because they tried the same thing over and over again and do they expect a different result? Or is this just training for E.T.? You know, we use the subjects of Earth, those primitive Earthlings, to test certain abilities. It's like E.T. College or E.T. Elementary School or something like that. Mark, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. 
Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. Makes the perfect stocking stuffer. Get your Bug Assault today and save $10 on the Bug Beam Laser Combo only at BugAssault.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so what do you guys think? The feckless E.T.? Well, Gene, you know, I think for you... What you're saying makes a lot of sense in a way, but it also fits. Because if you think of these kinds of messages that they give out, it's all about appreciation. How do we appreciate the earth? What is our experience of it? The idea of being shamed for treating it so badly. It's, it, 
preys on people's feelings and psychology. And that seems to be what they're studying. It's, it's a theatrical game that they're playing. It's not really a biological one. All of the, the implants and the operating room and everything else is designed more to instill some feeling of, well, abduction or terror in a lot of sense. Maybe we don't have to do any of that. And yet, if you were trying to understand how it is that we experience the world by treating us in that manner and conveying these specific types of messages, that would make a certain amount of sense. Yeah, for me, it's hard to rectify the difference between the Space Brothers and the cold medical experiment thing. That's where this whole model starts to break down for me is, you know, I like people's testimony you know, all this sort of stuff. But this is, we're getting to the point for me where all this stuff starts breaking down. Now, the mysteries of consciousness, um, I'm with you. I mean, that that holds a lot more promise to move forward at this point. But, but, but yeah, for me, I've cost, this is where I cross a threshold. Well, it kind of makes sense if you're talking about, you know, you've got it, implants, nasal, you know, that go up near your brain, yeah. that type of thing. I mean, what else are they exploring if it's not something that's going on with our brain? The other thing, Gene, though, that you mentioned that I think is really interesting, and it's a bit out there, it's kind of a science fiction idea that I, I had quite a long time ago, actually, is that if these ETs or these beings, whatever they are, aliens, are so advanced, they could be so advanced that if we happen to be products of some sort of interstellar seeding project, say one of their ships came by you know, a few million years ago and just sprayed the atmosphere with the amino acids that fell into the pools of water. Well, maybe they fully intended for us to evolve over all of this time, map out the resources, become what we are now. And then now they just, you know, now and then they just drop in and see what we're doing and how we've evolved because time for them is a whole lot less relevant than it is for us. They could go off to another star system. Time dilation seems to be a real fact. If they came back, it might not be that long in their time, but here, whole civilizations could have grown up, and they may very well be the ones who actually have put the whole thing in uh, into motion. They don't have to take us over. In other words, just like you were saying, we don't even know that they are the ones who are in charge. So, from a kind of coming at that, Randall, from a science fiction or science fiction-like sort of philosophies. For me, two, two points. Uh, I'll point out something religious, then I'll point out something from science, from a film. So we'll, we'll, we'll leap pretty far here, but I'll try to connect the dots. It's easier for me to believe that aliens came here and started our race than we evolved from bugs on the planet. Even as a scientist, I, I find the idea of evolution to be very broken. There's not a lot of evidence in the fossil record. In fact, I would say that there's more evidence from my perspective, I'm not an evolutionary scientist, but there's more evidence in ancient alien theories than there is for evolution. If I had to choose between creation and another scientific race behaving like we do, we create things, we modify things, et cetera, I could, I could swallow that pill, no problem. Now, in terms of how we interact with them, as I was listening to you, Randall, I know, Gene, you, you like uh, Star Trek, so I'll use a Star Trek film. This theme is common in other other creative writing and uh, other facets but there was the star trek where the aliens came to save a blue whale they had more in common they can communicate more easily with the whales of our planet 
than they could with us. And that, you know, in all of our bravado, you know, we thought this was all about us and it wasn't at all. Am I getting that right? I think so. It's right. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Yeah. Considered yeah. some of the best of the original cast. And that's the one that came after Star Trek Three, where they resurrect Spock. And in mm-hmm. Star Trek Four, Leonard Nimoy directed. In fact, he directed episode three also. So he directed those two films. They're the best. They're, they're and they are. The best. And, and what they did in this particular one is they have the Enterprise go back to the 1980s in order to bring back two humpback whales to tell this alien race what they need to be told. Yeah, and, and so let's keep going with the whale theme. Here we're talking almost a sentient being. Not quite, well, we don't know. Look, whales are curious. They'll come up to the surface. They'll protect humans in the water from sharks. They come to the surface and they make eye contact with us. Well, there's something very alien-ish about that, yet it's, it's an analog here on the planet. So if there are other beings that, are, you know, that use symmetry and, and they're intrigued because they're built similar to us, which explains the humanoid phenomena. Look, the universe rewards the humanoid shape for some reason. I'm not sure why. Symmetry, that is. And, and that, can, that takes all different sort of morphologies. But look, like, look, if these aliens have their consciousness more like a whale's consciousness, for example, that explains a lot. There's different things that motivate a whale than people, yet we live on the same planet. We have intellect. And hell, we even make eye contact with each other. So I think that there's an analog there for some of this. And I don't know much beyond that, but there's something tugging at me saying that's probably more like what this is. Interesting. Well, they know that dolphins are very intelligent. They they study them with mirrors, in fact, and they can recognize themselves in a mirror as the same creature that they are. Whereas a lot of animals, when they see a mirror, they think it's another animal and they don't recognize it as it's as themselves. So being able to reflect about one's own existence is a key marker of consciousness. Precisely. That, that's exactly my argument, Randall. Or not my argument, but my perspective, I guess. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So they don't need to be so far removed from us for us not to understand each other, but to be compatible on some physical or biological level, right? Maybe that's what they're trying to figure out, though, because they're just not. Whatever these aliens are, they just, we are so different from them that they don't get what it's like to be us you'd think that after all these decades or centuries or whatever that et would have learned something because we assume they're smart people even if they're totally different than us in motives in morals whatever they learn something they wouldn't repeat the same old silly thing over and over and over again a quick comment mark well, Gene, you're hitting on another topic that's a big one for me, and that is morals. It's, it's possible that these beings don't have morals, but yet everything else is the same. Well, that's pretty awkward and could explain a lot of things in their behavior. And if they're infatuated with the notion of morals, they would want to understand why they don't have that faculty, for example. So, I mean, you pick apart a human and you start compartmentalizing aspects of us. If even one of those aspects are missing, in another being, for example, but yet they're highly intellectual and and they're explorers, apparently, right? And they seek things out. They're going to want to get to the bottom of that very issue right there. 
because that drives and motivates our species, our morals. This is a big deal. No, that, that's my point. Is I think that morals alone and is so unique to the humans that that would cause a lot of uh, confusion in, in, in the ability to communicate, um, et cetera. And that's just one example. Anyway, I enjoyed this very much. And getting to know you guys a little bit more has always been something that I wanted to do. And I appreciate the time today. Very, very compelling conversation. I enjoyed it a great deal. Hey, the we, time just flew by. We have another radio show called After the Paracast. After the Paracast is only available if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. And it's a great deal. Such a deal. You also get a version of this show free of the network ads at a higher bit rate, meaning you get better audio quality. For more information about the Paracast Plus, check out plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Prices start just $1.49 a week, but if you go for five years or a lifetime, we give you free stuff. Plus.theparacast.com. Also check out the official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Mark Jackson, thank you so much for being a voice of wisdom on the Paracast. Yeah, remember Gene and Randall? You are the deep space residents. <laughs> The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>